This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the AC Report. Well, it blew up the chicken man in Philly last night. And it blew up his house, too. Down on the boardwalk, they're ready for a fight. Gonna see what them racket boys can do Now there's trouble busting in from out of state And the DA can't get no relief Gonna be a rumble on the promenade And the gambling commissioner's hanging on by the skin of his teeth Everything dies, baby, that's a fact Maybe everything that dies someday he comes back. Put your makeup on, fish your hair up pretty, and meet me tonight in Atlantic. City. Ah, yes, time for our weekly look at the most interesting 48 blocks in the world. And I can't think of a better person to review them with than Councilman Jesse. Kurtz. He is a, a member of the city council, the only Republican member of the city council in Atlantic City. Also, uh, just a, a very interesting guy, a lifelong Atlantic City resident and a father of eight, which is becoming increasingly rare these days. Jesse, when you celebrate Father's Day, I mean, do you have to uh, do you end up like Santa Claus just holding a giant sack of gifts after all these children get done getting stuff for you? <laughs> they at the very least they get a lot of those uh, handwritten cards with the crayons. They're they're pretty cool. You know, I was thinking of you yesterday as I was chasing my um, year and a half year old around the uh, the neighborhood, and this is before <laughs> I've even started my work day. And I'm thinking, I'm exhausted. I'm going to need a nap before I go to work today. And I thought, I this is just one. How does Jesse do it with, with eight? Jesse, I have to imagine you and your wife, um, in addition to them etching in a new, uh, a new spot on Mount Rushmore for the two of you, that's got to be, that's got to be a handful just in terms of energy and bandwidth. Not even talking about expense, but just in terms of energy. How do you do it? <laughs> Uh, I'm still trying to figure that one out, uh, Frank, but we're, um, you know, you kind of, you get to the point where, um, especially with the the younger ones, um, you kind of have a point of reference that, oh, okay, you know, uh, I'm getting the hang of handling this aspect of them being, um, you know, one, two, three, four, five years old, you know, the younger end. Um, the one in particular that I'm, I'm still trying to figure out is with my my older kids. Uh, that that's a whole other world trying to figure out. 
Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll probably get in, in trouble if I don't correct you. Um, I actually have nine. You're kids, up to nine? Right? I think you, Jeez, yeah, I can't I think keep you, track. You, you, you blinked a couple times, and I'm, <laughs> I'm up to nine now. So, <laughs> uh, Jesse, what about getting Netflix or something or, 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 or cable? I mean, there are other things to do. Uh, are you get a kick out of this one. So um, I, I remember a, a few years ago, and I, I think we were only at like four kids or some, somewhere around there. But um, an older person made that joke to me and said, hey, you know, why, why don't you get a TV? And, and I looked at him seriously and I, I said, wow. Well, yeah, I'm not not a huge fan of cable. And then they, they looked at me and, and they started laughing. They said, no, that's an expression. And I'm like, wow, OK. And, and, and at the time, it was the first time I had heard that that old expression like hey why don't why don't you get a tv and and you know at the time i I was one of those early adopters before you know now there's you know uh, dozens and dozens of streaming services and so many people go um and just pick the channels they want but i I was one of those early adopters wanting to choose my own channels and i just uh looking back on that i I was so embarrassed at the time but i I laugh now i'm like oh man I, i didn't even realize that joke uh, well, whatever it is, uh, happy Father's Day in all in all seriousness, and uh, f- forgive me for not uh, knowing about the uh, about the ninth at the moment. But uh, a lot of people listening all over the country, uh, Jesse, not even not just on uh, WOND and in WABC, and people that are probably very familiar with Atlantic City, but people listening in Nevada and Baltimore and Tennessee and Alaska, and a lot of folks wonder what's the big deal. If I was ever going to show off Atlantic City, it would be during the 10 weeks of summer because I can't think of a better community to have a good time in summer uh, in than Atlantic City. Explain to the uninitiated listeners all over the country, what's Atlantic City like during the summer? What's so great about it? Uh, it, it it's amazing. You know, and, and a lot of um <clears throat> a, a lot of places have really cool things going on in the summer, but I, I do think it's the just the the vast uh, amount of things there are to do. Um, the the range from really large scale events, um, in particular, um, we host some really cool beach concerts. We've got um, most notably in August coming up. There's a big country music festival on the beach. You know, where thousands and thousands of people over three days will be there to um, enjoy a lot of country music artists. Uh, you know, and anybody listening can you know grab grab a ticket. Uh, I believe it's called Tidal Wave and, and check that out. Uh, we have uh, larger events out at Bader Field, which is the the really the world's first municipal airport. So you know that's that's one thing unique about us. It's the first time the word airport was used to describe what in essence was an airstrip for uh, little airplanes to come in, but because we're also an island, we're a barrier island, uh, the planes coming in, we're coming into a port of call, which is um, you know the term more with uh, ships and such. And so they called it an airport, which up until that point, that term huh. had never been used. Um, and there's uh, a ton of, uh, of restaurants, of culture, both um, larger scale and quirky. Uh, There's an artistic flair. Um, There's a lot of different ethnicities and uh, backgrounds of people. Um, And it's all kind of mixed in with what um, is the second uh, place 
you know, in, in America to have the legalized uh, game, gaming or gambling. Um, and I think that like in, to have in such a small space, this uh, confluence of all these unique um, events, and it's not just quirky, it's also very mainstream. There's, there's uh, about 36,000 residents mixed in with uh, you know, close to 30 million visitors. Um, and so I, th- I think it's that like huge dynamics kind of jumbled up hmm. in a, almost in a, an existential blender in a small and crammed into a small space that gives Atlantic city uh, a magic that um, it hasn't just had because of a revival in the two thousands or a revival in the nineties or uh, gambling established back in the seventies. Um, it, it's really, you go back in every era and there was something special, you know, the roaring twenties, um, the era of <clears throat> um, industrialized America and people uh, who are not of, tremendous means before the airplane traveling by train somewhere to let loose and have a good time. Uh, People chasing health through the origins of Atlantic city as a, almost like a health spa type resort place with fresh salt air. So it's just like, it's really like these huge dynamics, lots of dynamics jammed into a little space over the span of decades and decades and decades gives Atlantic city, this mystique, this quirk and this real Hmm. edge that's, True, truly unique and has captured uh, the imagination of people, um, probably most notably Frank Morano. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and not to mention the uh, a really, a really incredible free beach. And not all the beaches at the Jersey Shore are free. And uh, that's a great one uh, that is. is. Is there anything happening this summer that you're particularly excited about? Anything new that should be on people's radar screens or anything new that uh, in the Kurt family everyone's talking about and looking forward to? <laughs> well, I, I, throw, I throw a few things out there. Um, I'd say, you know, w- one thing that's pretty exciting, especially um, our, our family's looking forward to it um, with our kiddos, is um, the indoor water park mm-hmm. that'll be opening up at Showboat. Um, I think that's going to be really neat for us um, in the sense that um, you know, there's some other areas, like, you know, I'm thinking like the Poconos that have the uh, the indoor uh, water parks that are, you know, big draw. And that's like the one thing uh, people think about uh, during colder months, but this will be one among many attractions here, but it adds an element, I think, both for uh, family friendly. And then there's also going to be a really neat uh, kind of adult style, um, almost give you the feel of like a, an inclusive resort type feel on the adult side. So I'm, uh, we're all really excited. That's opening about- soon, right, Jesse? When is that opening? So the last date that um that I, I've seen is it looks like at some point in July. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're still um kicking around the specifics. Um, I know one one of the things I was actually a little worried about uh, for them is I'm, I know firsthand, and I also read a lot of articles about um, the lifeguard shortage in our area, and that that applies um, not only to pools but also to beach patrols. Uh, but I, I was able to touch base with. Uh, Bart Blanstein recently, and he said, you know, they're they're doing very well with recruiting lifeguards. So um, on one hand, I feel good for him. I feel kind of bad uh, for some of the area pools. <laughs> they're going to have to like teach a lot of people how to become certified sure. lifeguards um, at, at times. But um, no, that the, the, I think the water park is something that that's really neat. Um, you know, people should be excited for. 
um, kind of in, in my ward, um, I'm, I'm a ward councilman. We have uh, six wards in Atlantic City with, within the 48 blocks. Um, there's um, a couple that are actually my neighbors who uh, moved in from Philadelphia and they opened you know, about a week or two ago um, the second location of what is a very popular bar in Philadelphia area called Good Dog. So that's like a, a, a local style. Well, I've spot. heard great things about it. Uh, you know, you definitely have to go pop in there. And so um, there's there's a lot of like really neat uh, pubs and places to visit here. Um, what's neat about this is that it's very close to uh, the new university and kind of my uh, ward, my side of town. So it, it becomes another place that people can walk to uh, when they're here. Um, we have a lot of like really neat older homes that people can rent here to uh, spend the summer, mm. spend a week um, while they're here, but not a, a lot of places to walk to on our side of town. So this is uh, another place that people can walk to. So I think that that's pretty um, exciting to be here. And, and um, No, that's big. big Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's exciting. Hey, if people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Councilman Jesse Kurtz, only uh, Republican in Atlantic City, uh, up for re-election this year, as a matter of fact. Uh, Councilman, I know they just had the primaries. Now, you didn't have a primary opponent, but Jersey is is a little weird, right? They they still make you go through the primary election process and have your name on the ballot and open the voting booths, even when you don't have a primary opponent, right? Absolutely. You know, and in my case, um, not having somebody on the ballot, you could still write in an opponent. So I was just I was very thankful I didn't lose to Mickey Mouse. So that was very. Um, <laughs> well, congratulations yeah. on your renomination. How are you feeling about the uh, general election? Obviously, being a Republican in Atlantic City, that's always tough. But uh, how are you feeling? You know, I'm, I'm feeling like in, in some a lot of respects, you know, my, my campaign's just starting. Um, there is um, this is one of the races where um, it, we're going to have to see um, in November which way the, the voters go. I mean, I feel pretty good about it um, based on um, the response so far. Um, there's, you know, as an incumbent, I definitely see um, people scrutinizing um, what I've been up to, what's going on in the ward. Um, and you know, the good thing that, that I feel is that um, even with some of the things that aren't going as well as I'd like to, um, I've been able to have some good responses to constituents that are, you know, both truthful, but also highlight um, what we're doing to improve things. And also, you know, like, hey, why should we give Kurtz another four years? Um, You know, there's a a number of things that um, we've made some progress on, but we, we need to do better. And um, one of them is I, I mentioned earlier we're, we're on a barrier island here, and um, this impacts both residents and visitors. Uh, but I've, I've taken a, a real interest over the the last few years in improving our flood resiliency, and huh. um, had had some good success at uh, you know working with people and bringing um, more funding, um, improving the types of uh, things that help with flooding and we've got uh, new bulkheads that are being made and um, constructed in the ward um, and uh, we've been able to replace uh, the check valves and so basically the importance of check valves on um, pipes that handle water drainage on an island is even with tides right like you can have 
high tide on the ocean side or a high tide on the bay side. And it's important to have um, shutoff valves, check valves that um, help shift the water from one side of the island to the other side and kind of prevent water from coming back sure. up outfall pipes. Um, and so that, that's been improving. Um, and the next area that we really need to do is with our storm drains. And so, um, you know, been pushing forward, and I think we're pretty close to um, being able to <clears throat> kind of revamp um, like an inventory of all the storm drains we have and the ones that need just a, a thorough cleaning and with like a you know, renting a truck or so, getting those clean, the ones that are repaired, getting them repaired, um, and the ones that need to be replaced, getting those replaced, getting them inventoried, mm-hmm. um, trying to take advantage of things like the GPS um, type um, inventory. And so, um, you know, that's something I'd like to see uh, over over the next uh, few years. Um, we also have um, kind of a it's, it's a, an evacuation route um, that goes through um, one of the neighborhoods um, in my ward, Chelsea Heights. And the issue is that it's this um, county road that, that combines with a state road that combines with local roads that's near the marshes, that's near the intracoastal waterway. And so you have all these agencies and such that would need to combine and get together mm. in order to ultimately elevate this road and make it uh, safe and secure for, you know, sure. fortunately, the down the road, we're going to get another superstorm. We're going to get another hurricane. Um, and over the last few years, it made a lot of uh, progress in getting everybody from our, you know, our congressman uh, Jeff Andrew interested in this. Uh, state people, other municipalities, we've um, banded together and uh, recently just identified some funding to do kind of a, a plan type survey and, and start sketching out what the solution will look like. And then it's the first step to getting. Uh, the money squared away to ultimately do this in the next five or ten years. So, uh, yeah, a lot of lot of cool things with sure. flood uh, resiliency. Jesse, and be, let, let, so let, let me try and run a, a few issues by you very quickly because we have a, a limited amount of time. One of the questions regarding Atlantic City that gets asked all over the country and it's gotten national media attention is, what's going on with all these dead whales? Why are they washing up along the shore? Now, a number of local activists, number of local elected officials have said that uh, there is a strong possibility that this could be due to the work that will eventually result in offshore wind turbines and that there should be a pause. And you mentioned Jeff Van Drew. He was on this program talking about this very same thing. There should be a pause in any work preparing for offshore wind production until we know what's going on with these whales. Do you have a take on what's happening with these whales and a position on whether offshore wind energy should be paused? Uh, you know, I, I do agree with um, the congressman and a lot of our local officials that um, it, th- there should be a pause to get an idea of why all these you know, beautiful um, animals are dying or washing up. Um, I, I can recall I went with my son last year to Alaska. Uh, it was a little um, father-son trip. And we went for an extended weekend. And when we were there, we, one of the things we did is we went whale watching on one of those tours. And it was just such an incredible experience to do that. And I remember talking the ear off of our tour guide. And he, um, you know, he, we were discussing of all things like some of these uh, scholarly papers about the movement of whales and such. Um, to have things like sonar and other things that disturb the, uh, you know, the, the internal 
uh, biology of a whale, um, about their navigation system, if you will, um, they're very sensitive. And they travel miles and miles and miles. And something that you do in one area of the ocean affects something miles and miles elsewhere. And it just doesn't seem like there's a mature body of research to um, assure people that this offshore wind and the, the testing is not doing harm and damage to our ecosystem. And until um, they can prove otherwise, um, they, they do need to put a hold on this thing and, and really like halt the industrialization of our coasts and you know, stick with our basics, right? Our basics are the sea life, mm -hmm. um, recreation, a beautiful view, a breeze, um, and, and not threaten that. Because once you damage things like uh, the areas that you can fish, um, the sustainability of the coastline, um, you may not get it back. I mean, look at some countries that have uh, industrialized oh, yeah. their natural resources and you never get that back. So I think there's a lot of wisdom to um, what Congressman Van Drew and others are saying. And let, let's put a pause on this and figure out what's going on. You just voted with several of the Democrats on the city council to vote down the budget. Why? What was the matter with the uh, city budget? Why did you vote it down? And, and what happens now? Well, I'm, I'm in two different reasons. One is um, the process of our municipal budget over the last few years has gone from bad to worse. Um, for the benefit of your listeners, um, it's not just like when you look at the federal side and you have Congress and the president kind of in attention about uh, budget matters. Uh, we have the city council and the mayor, and unlike every other town in New Jersey, we also have a state takeover. So it's the state government mm. becomes which should be um, um, a force to strengthen local government and over time has become something that's been weaponized to kind of blunt um, not only the opposition, but just debate and a clean process. So um, we weren't giving details. You know, it's, it kind of reminds you of Washington, D.C. You get these um, bills, thousands of, of pages at the last minute. Well, in this case, you know, we've got summary pages, but we still don't have the the specific details on a lot of expenses and revenue figures for the budget. So um, process-wise, we weren't given details, explanation, expected just kind of rubber stamp something. Um, and I'm not a rubber stamp. You know, I have to be able to answer to you, your listeners, my constituents, most importantly, what I'm voting on. And then two, um, we have a lot of priorities like most towns do. And the part where you identify the year's worth of priorities is in your budget. You know, if you want to have cleaner streets, you've got to make sure that the specific details are in your budget. If you want to have a safer city with more uniform presence, that has to be in the budget. If, um, you want to be able to answer constituents why they're not getting regular street cleaning. You know, one of the things you have to do is check to see if there's enough equipment that's sure. being purchased in your capital expenses, if there's enough money for road repavement. Um, and with the details I received and what I see in the budget, it, it doesn't adequately reflect the priorities of what's actually important in there's a lot of pet projects of the, the mayor, his administration um, that have gotten in there. Um, but now the, the actual priorities, whether it's of my uh, local people that, that work multiple jobs in the casino industry that just want to have basic core uh, government services uh, and a good quality of life, or, or even our visitors that mm. want to just be able to not be stuck in traffic sure. because of non-synchronized lights. So um, does the just, process go back to the drawing board now? Do you guys start at the beginning? 
So it, what what should happen in this case is that because we're under state takeover, um, the state should be bringing together the majority of city council that um, had objections both to the, the details as well as the process of budgeting and the, the mayor and his administration to kind of work something out. Hmm. Um, but what seems to be happening is that we're getting the cold shoulder from these state overseers, and there's a possibility they might just uh, kind of alter, like we blocked it, they may override our veto and just not even talk to us. You know, time will tell wow. over the next few days. We will see. Hey, Jesse, it is always a treat to uh, to talk with you. Hopefully the next time I see you, it will be on the boardwalk of Atlantic City. Take care and uh, ha- sincerely happy Father's Day with all those nine children. Hey, same to you, man, and enjoy your little guy. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Jesse Kurtz, you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to do so. We covered a lot of ground there. Whales, water parks, and city budgets. See, I was looking for a, another W to be totally alliterative, but I wasn't clever enough to come up with that one quickly. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight.